So Kelly. Hey, How are you? Doing well. Doing well. Just, yeah, you know, living inside this world. Living in the world. The real world. I think so. I have a question for you. Okay. Would you choose the red pill or the blue pill? I can't remember which one is which. Okay. I also tend not to just take random pills that random people hand me. It's good, um, good, smart policy. So, <laughs> Have you ever seen the, A Star is Born? Just kidding. Yes. Obviously, you have seen The Matrix. Yes. I don't, I don't remember which pill was which, though. So what were they again? What did the Forget red about the pills. What? Forget about okay. the pills All right. altogether. All right. Forget about the pills. Do you Doesn't remember matter. the scene? where Neo starts to see the underlying code of the Matrix. Yes. Everything turns green and it's all symbols and whatnot. Yes. Well, today's guest helps write the code that machines use to read websites and applications and yada, yada, yada. Whoa. So yes. she is creating... The Matrix. She's the architect of the Matrix. Yes, that Elon Musk thinks that we are living in. (laughs) Right? I don't don't know. Does Elon Musk think we're in the Matrix? He thinks that there is a, I believe it's like a 90% possibility that we're living in the Matrix. He's a brain in the vat guy person? Yes. And I have to admit, until this past weekend, I also wondered if we were just living in the Matrix. It's certainly possible. And then I realized, I don't think so. Okay. I think we're all real. I think we're all real people just really living in the world. How do you know? I just decided. Cogito ergo sum. You think, therefore you are. Yeah. Only you. But you only know that you are thinking. You don't know that I'm thinking. Like, what if I... I'm here? What if I'm a projection of your mind? Um, here's the thing. It's fine. Even if it is, it's all fine. It's all good. It doesn't matter, right? I mean, now here's the question. Do you care to know whether the steak is real or not? Tastes like steak. Smells like steak. Looks like a steak. But is it a real steak? And do we care? I mean, I think I'm a little, I'm a little freaked out about uh, what the steak could be if it's not real. But that's a topic for another day. Uh, It's schema. It's made out of schema. It's made out. Oh, yeah. Okay. It's made out of schema. You know, I wonder the if there's a schema for steak. I'm sure there is. We can ask Martha. I'm sure she would know. And you know what? Here's the thing. If the schema steak tastes really delicious, then yeah, bring it on. Put it on the menu, man. I'm all for it. There is a menu schema. There is. And let's see. It has attributes. Well, we'll let Martha talk about this. She's the expert. What do we know? She is the expert. Well, I'm super excited. I'm super excited to talk about The Matrix and see if she can figure out schema for steak and all other weird things that uh, she has no idea yet that we could get into. Super excited. She doesn't realize it yet, but she's going to regret guesting on this podcast. Okie. Now she won't. We'll have a great time. Welcome to The Matrix of Schema with Martha Van Burkle. All right, we're out of here. <laughs> yes, Enjoy the good. episode. Money makes a world go round. It makes a world go round. It makes a world go round.
sound. Welcome to Lunch Hour Legal Marketing with your hosts, Key Sakalakis and Kelly Street, teaching you how to promote, market, and make fat stacks for your legal practice here on Legal Talk Network. Right, so excited to have Martha Van Berkel here with us to talk all things schema. And uh, we'll get into what that is and uh, why you should care about it and pay attention to it. But first, hi, Martha, will you introduce yourself to our listeners? Sure, thanks so much for having me. Uh, So my name is Martha Van Berkel. I am a proud Canadian and um, I'm actually the CEO of Schema App. And Schema App is a software as a service that does schema markup or structured data every day, all day. So I have a team here and this is all we do. And uh, I'm absolutely delighted to bring our expertise uh, to all of you today. And I actually, like my background is not in SEO. Um, I actually have an engineering degree and then spent 14 years at Cisco, um, doing everything from strategy and product management. So it's been really interesting um, ramping up in this new area and this new industry over the last five years and lending sort of that different perspective into this world. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here today. And needless to say, as SEOs ourselves, we think you're in a good spot with this and uh, can't wait to dive in and talk about structured data and uh, what it is and why lawyers should care about it. Absolutely. So let's start there. What is structured data? So the way I usually explain it to my mother is really the language of search engines. So structured data, which also be clear, is also schema markup. Those are exactly the same things. Um, And it's really a language of the search engines that was created by Google, Yahoo, and Bing in order to help them understand content better. And it's actually like totally makes sense because if we actually take the burden of explaining exactly what something's about, their job of matching it to searches or voice queries becomes a lot easier. And so structured data is code that is basically written in this language of search engines. And most people that adopt it today sort of know it because when they do a Google search, they're seeing extra information in those search results like stars or price um, or a specific answer to their question. Awesome. That was a great description. I think my mom would also understand what it is based on that. And I understood what it was based on that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I I did know already people. Um, (laughs) No, but that's so great because, you know, early ish on into my more digital marketing side of my career, I was like, structured data schema? What are these words? Absolutely. And uh, (laughs) I have a feeling some of our audience may also raise their hand and feel the same way I did about that. So, so glad that you have the for your mother explanation. Actually, Kelly, one thing to add is people also refer to as schema.org. And so just to kind of add that extra piece in it, schema.org is like where you actually go on the web to like see this, what we call vocabulary. And so schema.org is again, like the language, or I call it like the dictionary for doing structured data or schema markup. Awesome. Thank you for adding that. And is this something that typically people are adding onto their own site or doing themselves? Or is this something that's kind of better left to 
a professional or a web developer? Oh, I have lots of different opinions on that, but it, it's for sure a specialty, <laughs> a, a specialty skill. And so I think, you know, right now I'm actually doing a Twitter poll to ask people like where they need help with training, uh, because one of our values at Schema App is to not only train our customers and our agencies, but also to train the market and better understanding this area. And Right now, the leading training is structured data strategy, which is like trying to figure out like how and what you should actually translate into this language of search engines. And, you know, we started doing this in 2013. So we were like way, 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 way ahead of the market on it. And even so, like we've just seen in 2018, it become, I'll say, more common knowledge around when that you should do it and sort of you know, how you can apply it. And we're like now in 2019. And when people ask me like where the market maturity is, which is important for my business, right? Because, you know, we basically only make money if the market wants to do and apply this stuff. And I think we're still in that like early majority, right? So we're just starting to see like more and more people do it, which tells me that like the experts are doing it today. Most of the time when we try to teach business owners, or in this case, it could be like the head of a law practice to do it. Like there's so many other things that they need to be thinking of that they're amazing at. Like I often joke, I'm like, go get a billable hour and pay someone who's an expert in doing this because that will be a much more value of your time because there's such a big learning curve to just trying to figure out the vocabulary and understand like what you should apply it to, let alone how you're going to actually write the code or produce the code and get it on your website. For the record, I responded to your Twitter poll, but I chose connecting entities. Oh, okay. Well, we'll talk about that. Like that's, I think <laughs> to me, one of the things that actually is like, how do you do this properly? And so that, you know, you treat it as a strategy and not a tactic. Like to me, that's again, sort of something that differentiates um, what we talk about and what we evangelize versus sort of like the low hanging fruit. Cool. You know, I'm curious, what do you mean by the difference just in in how you talk about this as strategy versus tactic? Sure. And this is, I think, you know, like my background is a strategist, right? Like I'm a, a dot connector. And so when I think about structured data, you know, most people are looking at the Google features. Um, so these are the stars. These are like the price information. Um, this is sort of like, you know, it now sort of we have evidence that it contributes to answer boxes, sort of those answers that show up right under the ads. And so most people, when I say they're treating as a tactic, are feature hunting. So they're like, you know, what, like what little bit of code do I need to put on what pages in order to get that, you know, search engine result page feature? And so to me, that's treating as a tactic, right? Like you do want to try to get the most out of, you know, the SERP result. But if you actually step back and think about the fact that they created schema.org and structured data in order to help understanding, the question I often like to start with when I talk to somebody about what they want to do is, what is it actually about your business that someone needs to understand, right? Like, let's start there. Because that's actually like the more strategic question to ask, right? Because like we don't know how the SERPs are going to change. And we actually we need to make sure that they're finding out those things. So in a law practice, it might be that you just hired this killer lawyer who specializes in asbestos legal suits, right? Like something really niche. And so, so you actually want people to know not only like that this is your law firm and that you offer services for asbestos defense or whatever they call it. But that this person is on your team and that they're the ones who are delivering that service. And so if you were feature hunting, you'd be like, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to 
optimize my organization and tell them like what my Twitter and my Facebook and those pieces are. You know, if you're thought forward, you are going to do service markup because you've read my blog about like how you should do service markup. But you're going to probably stop there because there's no Google features for service. There's no Google feature for person, you know, let alone like using some of these like connections to say like, oh, this is like we do legal suits for asbestos. Like there's no rich snippet for asbestos, right? Like in search results. And so, you know, at that point, you would have actually missed this huge opportunity where like for your business, the things you need people to understand aren't in those features, but can be absolutely translated into this language of search engines so that people can find you and find you today, you know, whether that be through a Google search or a Bing search, but in future, like through whatever other means that they're trying to find information today, sort of most prominent is voice assistance. Right. And the thing I love about this conversation, which we'll, we'll dive into more as well, but in terms of getting information to the machines, you know, to me, the real future of all of this, if you listen to what Google's saying, is this is the switch from links to actually understanding stuff in the real world. And even though they're not quite there yet, it's to me, this is the thing that makes the most sense because, like, as you mentioned, if you have a lawyer who has a reputation for a specific category, or maybe they they teach, maybe they take leadership positions at other organizations. And this is one of the things we talk to our clients about all the time is that's the kind of information that if you can help the machine understand that, they're going to reward you because they're trying to under, you know, search is trying to understand the real world with proxies like links. And then of course, in the future, schema and structured data. Absolutely. So topics and entities are sort of like what people talk about, like the movement from keywords to topics to entities. And I often have a lot of laughs when people are like, well, you know, why can't I see impact? Like when I look at my keyword results, right? Because like, right. that's the old way of measuring things. Right. Um, and actually most of our clients are seeing what I call quality traffic. So we're at the very beginning, like back in 2015, 2016, a lot of the evidence of why to do structured data was around like, you'll get more clicks, you'll get more impressions because of the you know, features or rich results in search. But that's like really evolved over the last three years um, to where even like Google's case studies. So if you go into structured data in developers.google.com and under structured data, um, you'll now see their case studies. And they talk about everything from clicks all the way through like page time, you know, how many, how long people are spending on pages, how many pages they visited, all the way to conversion. Whatever that conversion is could be like filling out a contact form to purchasing something to downloading something. And so we're really seeing that across all of our customers, across all the industries, that quality of traffic, you know, increase substantially month over month, you know, as a result of doing structured data and again, doing it properly where you're, you know, translating the important things to be found and connecting them in a way that sort of connects those dots so that there's really no question about your business and, and what things are about. Right. This is the step they need to take in order to be the Star Trek computer. Absolutely. Like, I, I think, you know, like <laughs> a year and a half ago, like no one even was even like thinking about voice assistance now. And now it's a question of like, what do you mean? Like you don't have Alexa in your house or like you don't mm-hmm. have Google Home. And I think what's most interesting about how things are changing so fast is when you see how children use it, right? So I have a three and a five-year-old. And like, you know, do you think I can get them to sit at the dining room table without asking Google a clarifying question about a topic or like trying to play their 
favorite My Little Pony theme song, right? Like, and and so here's all of a sudden, you know, these three and five year olds who, you know, don't know a world where they can't get information or ask questions or interact from, you know, like from anywhere. And so I think, you know, as we think about as entrepreneurs, you know, whether you're, you know, a lawyer or you're running your law firm, you know, you have to be thinking, you know, today people are still interacting on a desktop. You know, we're seeing Google make bold moves like around the mobile, right? Whether it be through AMP or sort of mobile indexing, you know, the next piece is like what happens when like we don't even have a website they're going to because our data is what they're interacting with. And I often get told not to talk about this because it scares people. But like I actually, you know, like search for a flight on Google, right? We used to go to Expedia. We used to go to these well-known brands in order to find this information, right, to do our research. Google does that all for you now. In fact, just yesterday, you know, Google announced that they're going to have a question and answer. So it's like, goodbye, Cora. Right. right. You know, and how ironic mm-hmm. that Google announced their question and answer schema markup in December. Right. And so, right. you know, they gave you a means of breaking down that information into question and answer. Hmm. So for me, I was like, oh, this is like so f- to support voice, you know, and people asking voice queries, which, and voice queries are still like very much like a home, like entertainment thing more than a business research thing today. You know, we'll have to see how that evolves. But, you know, now Google is going to own that experience with regards to question and answers. And so part of me is, you know, as a business owner, you know, is like, you want to be in control of how your company and brand is understood. And structured data is a way today to start getting in that practice, you know, as we see sort of the way people interact with our data changing very quickly. Completely. So I, one of the other things about schema markup that, so you've, you've written a lot about it. You've talked a lot about it. You live and breathe it. And I was wondering, you have a um, kind of a downloadable or PDF sheet on your site about just kind of an overview of schema markup. And one of the benefits that you talk about is reaping the rewards of other leading edge technologies such as chatbots, voice search. We've obviously already talked a little bit about that, but I'm curious how schema structured data and chatbots. Mm, Let's go there. Yeah. So I was recently talking to some people at a large chatbot company. Actually, one of our agencies was like, you should really talk to them. Um, And I won't name them just so that I I don't sort of. It was intercom. Um, And, And part of what I was trying to do, again, I'm a strategist, right? So I'm trying to see, like, what evidence do I have of people applying this? Because we haven't, even with some of our largest enterprise that we work with, we're still, like, ahead of that curve, right? Like, we're still in this early adopter phase. So some of the things that we have validated, like, in concept and sort of in beta in our world, you know, the rest of the world isn't really ready for Um, And so I was talking to them, and I was like, I'm just trying to validate, like, am I full of crap or not? right? Can this, can we reuse a knowledge graph um, for a chatbot? And let me just pause here to describe what I mean by knowledge graph, because I I do think this is really important because when people think of a knowledge card in Google results, it's basically like if you were to Google, you know, I always think of like Starbucks or or some big brand. On the right-hand side, you see this knowledge panel, this knowledge card that explains like Starbucks is publicly traded. This is the stock. Like this is how you reach customer service. You know, this is who the CEO is, et cetera. So that's a knowledge card. Most people kind of think of that sometimes as the knowledge graph. But the knowledge graph is actually that like web of information that Google has, Amazon has, 
Microsoft has. That's sort of connecting the dots through this information. So to go back to our legal practice example, this would be like, oh, this is our legal practice. We have these five locations. They're our sub-organization. Those five locations offer these services. These services, you know, are provided by these specific lawyers. So if you actually could visualize, like I'm connecting that, you know, law firm to the location, to the service, to the lawyer, right? And when you start connecting these dots, it can and it can be like that lawyer could be an alumni of, let's say, Harvard Business School or, or Harvard Law School, and or like those other pieces. And Harvard Law School was established on this date, so all of a sudden now I've connected this law firm to the Harvard Law School. And that's because I've like kind of, you know, remember those like connect the dots, you know, one, two, three, four, five, when you like built a picture of like a duck or something. Again, I have a three and five-year-old, so welcome to my world. But we're kind of doing the same thing, right? We're trying to connect like how is this information together? So if I were to say, you know, does Martha's Law Firm, you know, does it have Harvard alums? The answer is yes, and this is the name. But I've connected the dots because they now know how those things are related. When you start relating those things and you use the language of structured data to do it, you're actually building your knowledge graph. And these knowledge graphs are what power what's called the semantic web, where they can then sort of, you know, infer things. And the other inference example I often use is they sort of create these things in what's called triples. I'm getting way too detailed here, but like, so girls, okay, so women can have babies, right? So we know that exists. That's a truth, right? And if, if Martha is a woman, then I can infer that Martha can have a baby. So by actually connecting these dots, so like this law firm offers this service, this lawyer provides the service and this lawyer is from Harvard, you know, I can then sort of conclude that that law firm, you know, is associated to to Harvard Business School or Harvard Law School. So that's sort of where this knowledge graph becomes important. And why do I talk about this? Well, a knowledge graph, you know, is actually the basis of what a chatbot uses in order to answer questions, right? So if it can't figure out that, you know, Martha Van Burkle is the lawyer who went to Harvard and that I'm now an employee of this law firm, it can never point you to that right person to then say, do you want to set up a time with Martha? right? In order to, to support this case or, right. So, so it's, you know, being able to infer it back to chatbots, what the conversation I was having in this organization was that their AI chatbot group was, you know, specifically trying to get more into this inferencing or deeper understanding. And they're a leader and like, they're just kind of getting into this AI chatbot space. And by the way, they're building a knowledge graph, (laughs) about how like language is understood. So bing, 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 you know, my assumption that if an organization is trying to build a deep, knowledgeable chatbot that can get into all their content that they've written or to understand their organization, the answer is yes. If you do your structured data properly and you work with a company like Schema App where we understand structured data and knowledge graphs, you can extract that knowledge graph and reuse it in really cool ways, including a chatbot. And get ready for Google to announce their chatbot. Absolutely. So they're working on it. I know they're working on it, which is so exciting. And they've talked about making it native to structured data. So if they don't do it, we'll try to beat them to it um, since we're small and fast. But more importantly, to just actually drive adoption of structured data so that they can then use it. So absolutely, word on the street is that is happening. And they're going to use and it if as you a... beat them, 
You can know there's always Google Ventures. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We're not worried about beating them. We're actually just trying to beat them to like help prove the point, right? That there's like if you do this properly, there's all kinds of benefits across your organization and not necessarily just for SEO purposes. Which then right. leads us to analytics, which you can let me know when you want to dive into that. Um, we're ready. Let's go there. I mean, we're right there. Let's get into analytics. This is all, I mean, I just have to pause and say thank you so much, Martha, for your obviously deep knowledge that you are somehow able to explain on such a, um, I shouldn't say basic because it's definitely intermediate, but on an, at least an intermediate level. And so I, I appreciate how you are laying this all out for not only our listeners, but also no myself. problem. Yeah. Happy, happy to do it again. Like, you know, we started a business and it took me like two years to explain to my parents what I actually do. So I've, I've had a bit of practice and this is my favorite stuff to talk about. So analytics are the other kind of one area. So, so one area that's hard. So you think about like on the poll that I'm doing on Twitter, like where I get a lot of questions, especially from experts, right? Agencies and, and digital marketers is how do you correlate the impact of structured data in your results? And, and, you know, any engagement I start with a client, my first question is like, what does success look like for you in your business, right? Because if we're not trying to impact that and measuring against that, like who cares, right? The rest are just vanity metrics. And so, you know, again, I'm trying to drive that quality traffic to lead to conversion to help like whatever that that business driver is. And we, we do have evidence that that's happening. And so one thing I think that's not great around analytics, so Google Search Console's just changed and word on the street is that the structured data report is going away. Uh-oh. Uh-oh, he's like, What? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just no. They, it's been a disaster. I'm not. If John's listening, I'm very frustrated. But I've already told him. Absolutely. Um, so I've sent some messages to my contacts at Google to say, I know you're really trying hard to drive adoption of structured data because it helps you. This is something that's going to work against you because the structured data report in Google Analytics tells you like when it starts seeing these things, um, and they're moving to really now just show you the rich results. But if we go to back to the first conversation we had, which is like what do you need understood about your business? It might not necessarily be one of the 26 that Google lists on their website, right? It might be a service, which I I think John Mueller in a webmaster tool is like someone was asking very clearly, like, are you going to publish a feature for service? Because it's, you know, so well used. Um, It's been actually probably one of the biggest impacts we've had is really driving people to both understand how to use the service schema markup and adopt it. So part of what we'll have to figure out is like, how do you take, you know, other data you have, so you still have impressions, clicks, time on page, conversion, and map that to structured data. So one of these, like um, a Google Data Studio report is something we're trying to pull out to help people sort of map that correlation. But the more strategic piece that you can do is if you do your structured data, you can actually add that structured data into your analytics and therefore structure your analytics. I'll give you an example. Let's talk about t-shirts because it's just an easier example than trying to, for me to think of a law service, but I have one probably around attorneys. So if you sell t-shirts and you want to know, does the color of t-shirt actually impact shopping cart size? Interesting question, right? But like you'd actually have to go manually tag all those URLs in Google Analytics in order to figure that out. And so what you can do through like Tag Manager and then we've automated a solution is actually take the structured data and take, you know, what's color for a product 
and actually add that as a custom dimension analytics so that you can actually start cutting all your data by any property. So then I could actually say like, well, let's look, let's add color to analytics and lo and behold, purple t-shirts drive the largest shopping cart. All of a sudden your SEO is not just then impacting, you know, online sales. You can then go to your promotions team and say, hey, by the way, you know, we should be promoting purple t-shirts because they drive the largest shopping cart. So let's talk about how this could work in law practices. So let's say you have a very large law firm and you have like 120 lawyers. I don't know. Is that a large firm? Um, Pretty large. Yeah. So you have a large amount of attorneys and you want to know, does where they go to school actually impact, you know, conversion off their like profile page? Right. So does it matter that you went to Harvard or Stanford or Queens University, wherever you went? Right. So you could add that alumni of, right? Like where they did they graduate and actually look to see if there's web behaviors that tie to where they went to college. What then that becomes interesting is you go to your, you know, recruiting team and you're like, hmm, you know, this is just web traffic or this is like what we're seeing conversions on contact, but like Everybody who went to a West Coast school drives more traffic than those that went to an East Coast school. You know, how might we change our recruiting as a result of knowing that about how people interact with our firm online? So all of a sudden, structured data isn't just this nerdy code that's trying to help search engines understand, but it's now actually going to help you understand key elements of how your content or people or services, you know, how that is actually influencing people's behavior online and therefore helping you make better business decisions. Can you think of an example or how someone would do this for practice area, like, or kind of the kinds of cases they've won. So it's a smaller personal injury law firm who they've done, you know, medical malpractice, they've done asbestos, like you mentioned, they've done all of this kind of variety mm-hmm. of of trials or suits related to personal injury. And they're trying to figure out, okay, how do we, we know that we can do the all of these different kinds of things. We want to get a a niche practice down and figure out which one. Yeah. Where do we focus? Can you think of an example for how someone could do that? So, so the first would be to like, make sure you understand all the elements of those cases. And I probably would think of them as like, it's an article, like an article is the most generic type of like blog posting or news article, et cetera. I like article because it's kind of more researchy. And when I think about calling out a case, like in law practice, like you're often kind of calling out the details, right? That sort of influenced it, what was maybe referenced, et cetera. Um, So it could either be a blog posting talking about it, which is sort of um, anything that's posted on a blog should be a blog post. Um, But if it's more of a research article kind of talking about the cases in detail, then you might use article um, or even technical article if it's about a very technical topic. Um, And so when you're describing those things, you're going to have things. And the reason I think of content is because like we all know that like it has a headline it has an author, it has a topic, right? Or keywords. Mm-hmm. Um, and so all those things that they're, you're already putting, let's say in your WordPress blog, like to describe those things, you could look at that sort of like, oh, we're going to use, um, we're going to use the category because we're going to actually, in our blog, we actually categorize things by these different practice areas. You could actually then use the category schema and add that to your analytics to see sort of how that's converting or which one drives the most traffic to see sort of, you know, what, how is our content working? And then depending on, 
you know, who's writing that content and sort of how that content leads to engagement with them, you could then sort of correlate that perhaps back to, you know, is this where we're sort of excited? And, and like, I can relate this a little bit to our business because in our journey to creating Schema App, we actually did SEO for SMBs right? So for small, medium-sized businesses. And, you know, for us, it was like, what do we actually like writing about and doing? So a lot of it was personal preference, um, which was like the nerdy structured data stuff. Again, we were really early in the market, but it also like the content we wrote on this stuff was really starting to get a lot of interest and and people were starting to see us as sort of experts in this space. So um, part of it, I think with a firm as they're looking at the data, it's, it's sort of one piece of the puzzle in sort of understanding, as well as one piece of the puzzle generically across SEO, right? Um, you know, what drives traffic. Mm -hmm. This is more sort of understanding like what is the category? How does that influence people's online behavior? That's fantastic. And um, I think that's helpful. Yeah, no, that's great. And I'll say I I love it too because it's a, not a lot of people are talking about or thinking about structured data the way that you just uh, suggested, or at least not in my experience. So that's, that's awesome for our listeners. I think the other thing that I will just, you know, maybe take it a step down from that level of uh, awesomeness is like on a basic level for the folks that are like, you know, if you're a small firm or you're solo and mm-hmm. I think maybe talking some tactical stuff. Absolutely. Um, Let's walk before we run, that, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and again, just kind of valid, but still to validate for the people that are still feature hunters, you know, these snippets and rich results, they certainly are compelling. They drive engagement. So, you know, not to get into all of the black box of what Google's using, but I know it's been hot in the news right now. Bill Slowski's been publishing about the patents that they just filed relating to user engagement, but certainly stars and cards and all these rich results drive engagement. And so therefore it's likely that some of those user signals are going to play a role in how you appear Absolutely. in search too. So another reason. Absolutely. So, so where do you begin? And and I guess like to just tie this all back, like, the tactic is the first step to enabling these other things. So this is, you know, step one for everybody is sort of what is. So so the first thing we talk about is like, what should you optimize, right? And I, I've been using examples um, that actually relate directly to most law firms, whether they're very small or very large. Um, so the first is, is your organization. And, you know, there's sort of this concept of, of classes. So maybe I'll just talk a little bit about the, the vocabulary in schema.org. So there's this concept of classes. So classes are like the big thing. So an organization, a product, um, and then things sort of become more specific. So for example, in an organization, you can be an organization, um, you can be a local business, you can be a legal service, and then you can also be an attorney. And the difference between those is I really see a legal service as being like a law practice with multiple attorneys, whereas an attorney is is more like a, a one-person shop. And so the first thing you want to do is understand, like, what is those key things about your business, about your law firm that you want people to find? And so the first is, like, you're going to want them to either find you as an attorney or find you as a legal service. So you want to kind of define the organization. And when you define the organization, um, you want to include things like your address. Um, There's one thing, and I, I believe this is in our local business blog. So here's a fun one. Google schema markup local business. And I usually beat Google in the search result. But it actually gives you, like, down to the detail about like how to do local business schema markup, just insert legal service as the class instead of um, local business. And that will work great for, for legal companies. And, and for the legal service, one of the key things you want to do is also call out 
area served. And I, I highlight this because it's so important to kind of call out the regional. So, so most law practices or most local businesses, correct me if I'm wrong, like serve either a primary city or a county um, or certain regions. And so area served is, again, one of these properties. So every class has a property. So these think of these as like the ways that you describe the thing. So in a legal service, we're going to use things like an address, um, you know, what's the, the contact number, you know, area served is one of those key things to define, like, what area do you actually serve? And I really like this because a lot of law firms that we've worked with are trying to rank for, you know, criminal lawyer, Kansas City, right? And so here's a really direct way that you can call out that service area. Okay, so that's where I would start. Like, make sure you kind of your and and this schema markup would go on your homepage, like the primary page that talks about your organization. When I talk about primary page, the other thing to learn about is like you should have like a primary page that talks about those important things in your business. Um, and Gene Kelly, like I can make sure you guys have a link to like how to create a schema markup strategy. So we have like a long training video and document that kind of gives you tables and things and questions to ask to kind of go through this. So that's a great online resource for everybody. But like you want to make sure that like you have one page that talks about it. So if you're offering a specific practice, um, a practice is kind of like a service, right, that you're offering, you want to make sure that that content is like on a specific page because then if someone's looking for that criminal, you know, lawyer um, in Kansas City, like they're going to go to the criminal law practice page, right, is what you want to actually try to rank for. Now, when we talk about, you know, rich snippets, right, and trying to rank for them, the ones that mostly apply when it comes to service and local business is ratings. So when it comes to like, can you actually capture ratings? And I know that, um, I don't know what the the legalese for attorneys is, if that's different from doctors, because I know in, in some regions, like doctors can't ask for reviews. Do you know, Guy and uh, Kelly, what that is for lawyers? Yeah, it's a whole um, mess of reviews. States. <laughs> Go ahead, Kelly. Yeah, it depends on the state. Um, every every state typically has its own ethics okay. guidelines, but um, okay. Yeah. So check with your state bar lawyers. Check with your state bar lawyers. Yes. Um, but that's a really great one. That if you can get ratings, again for specifically either your your office. So if you have multiple offices, the different offices, um, or your overall law firm, or your specific services. So the rating, the way rating works, or aggregate rating works in schema, is that like it has to be associated to the thing it's talking about. So it's a no go to like get reviews for your whole law firm and then plaster it on every page. Again, the idea is that like your schema markup describes like the page that's talking about that main topic. Going back to the earlier comment around like we're moving to topics versus keywords, right? Um, so what is all that information about that one topic? And then what's the rating for that? And there is a possibility, like if you've done a really great job working on getting ratings on Google My Business, for example, um, there's another blog you can do third-party review schema markup local business. Um, and we have another blog on how you can appropriately reference that and use that on your homepage. Great debate across the SEO world. It won't impact your knowledge card, which is like that right-hand thing, um, but it can help your rich result and, and understanding. But the key thing is for those practice areas, most people don't think about getting ratings like for their actual services. And so that's actually like I would say like low-hanging fruit, if you can, based on the rulings. The other piece then is your people. Like I really think for law firms, like 
a lot of people go to a lawyer, right? Like when I ask, I was asking someone recently about a recommendation and like they named a person, right? Like they didn't go like, go to that law firm. Like they named a person. Um, so I think right. the other one is like schema markup. There's schema markup for person. <laughs> and while it sounds really generic, it's like alumni of, like that they're an employee of or they're a founder of. So you can really describe that person in detail. Now, the other thing with schema markup to note is that anything you're putting in the schema markup does have to be displayed on the page. And so if you get really excited when you're first starting and looking at like everything you can describe about the person, but that information is not on the page, think of that as then informing your content for the page, right? Like the search engines created schema.org to define all the things that they wanted to know about these different topics. And so you can kind of backwards engineer it to be like, oh, that's really interesting for a person they want alumni of. They want, you know, um, contributor to, right? Like they actually wrote these documents. And so perhaps there's some policies or, you know, different kind of precedence cases that they've worked on. You know, if those are documented somewhere, you can actually, again, link those together in forming that knowledge graph about that person. Um, so I guess like legal service and attorney, just knowing those differences is important service is really important. And then if you're also doing videos, you can link um, the video to whatever that topic is. So um, whether the video is about something or let's say that this practice is the, the subject of that video. It's awesome. Now people often ask like, that's great that you know what to put on it. Then you have to figure out like how to actually get the code on your website. Um, so there are free generators. So depending on what people want to use, Google has their own sort of highlighter you can use. It doesn't include service in some of these areas served other these more advanced pieces. There's free generators online. Um, if you don't have a, a list of those, I can make sure that you have a link. We have a document that's actually like all tools around structured data. Um, so that's a good reference. And then of course, you know, Schema App's awesome because it allows you to generate and integrate it. But I'm not here to sell. I'm here to inform today. No, absolutely. And I, and I will reiterate, uh, definitely check out Schema App puts out so much great information between the blog, the, even the knowledge base on Schema App itself is fantastic. So if you're, if you want to dive deep and really get into doing a lot of the stuff that Martha's talking about, that's a great resource. I'm trying to think of other things that, I, that come to mind. I, Q&A is a big one. Absolutely. Like, and I know that there, and you can refresh my memory, but weren't there, there were three new rich results, Q&A, how to, and something else. I think they just announced recently. Let's go look. <laughs> Let's go look. Yeah, so Q&A for sure is a hot topic. And it's, um, you know, again, like they announced yesterday, they're announcing like their own Q&A platform like Quora. It's really based on structured data where people like upvote or contribute ideas. So think of it as like a community or knowledge base where people are adding their insights and information, and then you're kind of picking the best response. Q&A was for sure sort of tailored for that. And if you go to developers.google.com and into the search documentation, you know, they're very clear in the, the Q&A page um, documentation on, you know, this is where you should use it and this is where you should not use it. They have like a content guidelines with valid cases and invalid cases. Um, so check that out. Um, the other ones I think that are more interesting, again, I'm a strategist. So I'm just going to tell you like the ones they've introduced that I think like show change. So if that's, if that's of interest. That's um, great. Do it. So that works. Data yeah. set is one that they've articulated. So how do you like publish data? And then they've also talked about like newsfeed. So there's this thing called the data commons, which is like where you can actually like publish your data directly to this kind of think of it as like central location. So again, to my like your website is going away comment. Like this to me mm -hmm. is like 
further evidence that like you'll be publishing your data feed in a way that's consumed for these different other consumers to present it in a way that that like searchers are looking for. Um, and so we see that both for news articles, like we're seeing it for the news media agencies. Um, again, it's like very restricted today. Um, oh, yeah, a new one on here that's like I just noticed is employer aggregate rating. Oh, that one's like brand new. Let's have a look. So this one's saying, does your site provide salary estimates and does your site provide job posting? So it's saying go to occupation structure data if it's salary estimates and go to job posting for this. But this one is specifically user-generated ratings about hiring organizations. Ooh. So what do we interpret from this? You know, so Glassdoor, right? Like are they going to start building that that kind of entity map or topic map about companies that sort of includes aggregate rating. So anything that like to me is a marketplace or where content today is um, in aggregate form. So things like Expedia, travel, et cetera. Like I see very clearly like Google going after owning that traffic. This would be another example. That's a great point. Another tactical thing, and I know you probably don't think this is controversial, but in uh, some of the areas where uh, I've seen online people talking about this. Uh, you recently suggested that it was okay to use Tag Manager to manage oh, yeah. uh, structured Let's get into data. It. Let's <laughs> get into it uh, and JavaScript. And so maybe you can talk a little bit about that. I know, so uh, in particular, let's assume I'm a small law firm. I don't have a lot of resources to, I have an old site. I'm on some you know not great platform. I'm not on WordPress and I want to start implementing this, but I have... I'm looking for ideas. So one idea might be to actually use Tag Manager to implement structured data. So it goes back to me sitting down for lunch with RV Guha, who is the creator <laughs> of schema.org. So he invited myself and my co-founder to, to lunch <laughs> last year <laughs> in May. And his line was like, some structured data is better than none because they can often figure out the rest. Right. Um, and so my earlier comment around like, this is not helping drive adoption. <laughs> comments from um, John Mueller and, and specifically from the webmaster tools, right? So we, when I see comments like this, the first thing to understand is like this is one opinion at Google, right? So from a webmaster right. tools perspective, it is much more difficult for them to read structured data if they have to process JavaScript. In fact, it's more costly, right? So let's just look at like the pure business aspect right. of it, right? So they have to work harder to understand it if it's in JavaScript. So when we talk about it going through a tag manager versus kind of being available sort of on page load, like that's sort of the difference, right? Like it takes a bit more effort. There's also different kinds of JavaScript. So in our, um, actually had Mark, my co-founder, respond to it in a very technical way. Like there's good JavaScript and there's bad JavaScript. Um, and in fact, like how things work best with Google is on like a certain type of JavaScript that Chrome really likes, an old, older version of Chrome. And so if you do your JavaScript right, it's also easier for them to produce and therefore is less of a burden. Now, that said, if you can get the schema markup to be what we call server-side, so we have a WordPress plugin. One of its primary functions is it stores a schema markup within WordPress. Same for Shopify, BigCommerce, Drupal. Awesome, right? Like everybody wins. Like it's going to have less of uh, complications around page speed. Um, the data is all sitting on the same side of the web service. In fact, like it's our primary like recommendation. If you can get it on the server side, amazing. Now, the fact is, though, like that's hard. It sometimes takes IT resources. Sometimes it takes custom coding. And so, realistically, if we go back to like some structured data is better than none. 
you know, get it through a tag manager, right? Like at least get that structured data there. Um, because in our, you know, I guess 2016 is when we started like really using Tag Manager. You know, we've actually seen great results using Tag Manager, you know, but does like the search console team who has to crawl it like prefer it to be server-side? Yes. But like if you don't have that option, you know, use Tag Manager and use JavaScript. So the good, reason good practical we, advice. Absolutely. Like so so like our response was like stop boiling the ocean and saying like no one should use tag manager <laughs> for structured data because like it's actually, you know, it's not a yes or no. It's actually like, yeah, primarily store it server side if that's possible. But if that, you know, doesn't help you drive adoption, like there's companies we work with, they would be like a year and a half away from doing structured data if they didn't use Tag Manager. So let's use Tag Manager. And if we have an option to convert to server-side over time, amazing. Let's do that. Right. And then JSON-LD versus microdata? JSON-LD all the way. Google clearly articulates they prefer it. And it also makes sense. Like JSON-LD, like the way you, you know, I explain this to people is like microdata is sort of like, parsed within the page code. So you have to kind of like pick out pieces. It's like tagged amongst the the HTML, whereas JSON-LD is in a block. So if you're a robot and you're trying to, you know, process information, a block of code is much easier than trying to filter through an entire page. And again, Google documents that they prefer JSON-LD. So that would absolutely be what I would do. All right. Now, as maybe a treat for our listeners who hung in through a (laughs) lot of deep technical stuff, before we started recording, you said that you had talked to your team about some maybe tips or, or particular things they had in line for our audience of lawyers here. So do you have, um, do you have any, anything left to share or did we hit everything? I think we hit most of it. Like the key one I think was that attorney versus legal service. I think that's a really, really important one. And then services, like connecting that the services are provided by the law firm or by the person. Um, So those would be the two key things. The other one that I do tend to like is also using Wikipedia to help define things. So maybe the last kind of hint is, um, and I, I do talk about this in that local business blog, is there's a thing called additional type. So when you define yourself as, let's say you're providing a service, you can actually call out an additional type. So what you're doing is actually clarifying like what kind of service it is. And so we often use this, like we even use this in local business. Like if they don't have your like, a gumball producing company, right? Like they don't have a specific class for gumball producing yeah. company. Like you could then use like a Wikipedia entry to say like, we're a gumball producing company and we're a local business. So in case of like a service at a, or a practice area that a law firm provides, let's say like there's a definition of, you know, child custody lawyer, right? Like they work on family law and it's a very specific type and it's defined somewhere either like in a... Um, a standards body. So let's say the Bar Association maybe defines those things. You could link to that as the additional type or we use Wikipedia a lot just because it's like a known reference. You can add that in to sort of further clarify that type of service that you offer. So that would be my my other key hint. That and area served, like area served you can use for the business as well as the service. That's a really good tip. I like that. Especially, I mean, the the linking to Wikipedia, if you have a topic that needs a little bit more explanation or Absolutely. isn't common on the web elsewhere, because 
I mean, Wikipedia is always the number one search result when you're looking for pretty much anything. So good to have that linked on your website. Yeah. And the whole purpose is to be explicit, right? Like you're trying to be absolutely clear about what you're talking about. And so just that's just helping you define it further. 100%. Guy, do you have any last questions? Because I have one last no, one. No, uh, this has been fantastic. Make sure that we include a lot of the links that you mentioned uh, in the show notes and uh, elsewhere, just so we can make sure listeners have that. Of course, another shout for Schema app. Go check it out. Tons of great information in there. And thank you so much, Martha. Absolutely. Happy to be here. All right. My last question. All right. On the hot seat. Because it is called Lunch Hour Legal Marketing, we've forgotten this a few times, but... I remembered this time to ask, Martha, what did you have for lunch today? Oh, I had a beautiful kale salad with smoked salmon. Nice. You're getting a lot of, a lot of kale into your life. Absolutely. I'm a kaleaholic. Um, and then with a little like brewed kombucha, so fermented tea, um, where we're located in Guelph is actually like an agricultural innovation center. And so we get a lot of stuff farm fresh um, or from a lot of local producers. Nice. Do you make your own kombucha? Not yet. <laughs> Kelly, I, do you? I cheat. I get mine from my mother-in-law. I oh. used to. I did. I brewed my own for like six years and then I taught my mother-in-law how to make it and she does it way better than we do and has amazing flavors like cranberry orange, which I just had some today. Okay. So awesome. You get your mother from your mother-in-law. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Uh, joke. Well, actually, we I believe we gave her a mother because we awesome. had been brewing it. It's pretty great. <laughs> Point of clarification, the mother is like kind of like when you're brewing beer like that that sort of part that you the yeast that you started from. Yes, otherwise known as an <laughs> another just like schemas kind of weird, otherwise known as a scoby, aka a yeah. symbiotic culture of bacteria and yeast. See, this is why we need to clarify things with structured data. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Awesome. Yes. Like Guy said, thank you so much, Martha, for joining us. I'm sure everybody learned so much. And if you have any questions, Martha, where can people reach out to you at? Sure. So on social media, I mostly hang out on Twitter. So um, at Martha Van Burkle um, or at Schema App Tool, but at Martha Van Burkle, you can reach me there, either tweet at me or, or DM me. I'm, I'm happy to sort of join in conversations. And then you can find me on our website, www.schemaapp.com. Um, and again, we're, we're here to sort of educate the market as well as sort of be a resource to help people understand. So um, check out our content. If we're missing something specific, let us know and we'll do our best to, to produce that for you. And I, I guess maybe I should tell you, like, I did just launch a podcast that talks about more of, like, how this world is changing. Yes. Um, so it's uh, it just got published on Google Podcasts today, um, but it's called Connecting the Digital Dots. And I talked to other people like Bill Slosky. Uh, Nick Wilsden is the SEO for Vodafone about sort of things we're seeing changing in the market. And we talk about, like, the future of search. Um, the other one that's key, really relevant to our conversation we had today is Rob Bucci. So he is the founder of GetStat that was just bought by Moz. And we have a whole podcast talking about that transition from keywords to topics. Fabulous. Thank you so much. And thank you to our listeners. If you have yet to subscribe, please go ahead and hit that subscribe button. Find us on Apple Podcasts. Give us a rating and review on there, Google Podcasts, or any of your other favorite podcast apps. Thanks so much. And if you happen to have a review podcast site, please make sure to add structured data to your review. 
Thank you for listening to Lunch Hour Legal Marketing. If you'd like more information about what you heard today, please visit LegalTalkNetwork.com. Subscribe via Apple Podcasts and RSS. Follow Legal Talk Network on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Instagram. And or download the free app from Legal Talk Network in Google Play and iTunes. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, or subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. And we're going to prove that you can learn even when you're inside the matrix. And that Kelly randomly. No, they're going to edit that part out. Adam, oh, right. they cannot, they cannot sure. use that part. They have a an amazing track record of editing out the things that we don't want. Yeah. I think they're what? Oh, for five now? I've been good with it, really. I mean, I get all sorts of feedback. Listen to your episode. You're really weird, but great information. That's my review, by the way, for Lunch Hour Legal Marketing. Awkward, weird, great info. I mean, it is all those things. If you're a lawyer running a solo or small firm and you're looking for other lawyers to talk through issues you're currently facing in your practice, join the Unbillable Hours Community Roundtable, a free virtual event on the third Thursday of every month. Lawyers from all over the country come together and meet with me, lawyer and law firm management consultant Christopher T. Anderson, to discuss best practices on topics such as marketing, client acquisition, hiring and firing, and time management. The conversation is free to join, but requires a simple reservation. The link to RSVP can be found on the unbillable hour page at LegalTalkNetwork.com. We'll see you there.